Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Hello and welcome to the ONG Strike Zone. It's Brian Fulford, Kofi Hemingway, Kelvin Rozier. We're back for another edition as we get a little bit closer to the start of the 2021 athletic season. We've actually got some, some programs, one of our programs starting up this upcoming weekend. And then, of course, football takes the stage uh, next weekend. So we appreciate you coming in and joining us. Uh, Kofi, Kelvin, how you doing, guys? Doing great, man. How are you? Blessed, blessed. Can't complain. No complaints. Awesome. Nobody will care anyway. <laughs> we care, brother. Five we care. Somebody, somebody. On the highest of seven hills is excellence with caring. We care. Family. Uh, there you go. There you go. Well said. Well said. Uh, we want to thank you guys for out there watching, tuning in. Uh, make sure you are following us, liking on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at O and G Strike Zone. Uh, that's where you can also send us an email. Let us know thoughts, questions that you have uh, for for any of us, whether it be uh, for Kofi, Kelvin, me. You can just send that email to O and G Strike Zone at gmail.com. And uh, maybe it'll hit our mailbag segment. No mailbag this week. Uh, pretty light on the email, guys. Uh, any comments or anything out there from anybody that you want to uh, to share or anything, any questions that are out there? Well, people are waiting for us to go live. I, I can honestly say that. I've talked with about four or five people, and they have a bunch of questions, and they are just waiting to just be able to bombard us with questions while we on the air. So uh, they want to know what time we finna be there, and they want to know uh when is it going live because they want to do it but it's it's telling me that we are getting um a good number of views on our show man so i'm i'm excited about that football 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 <laughs> how we looking how we looking they, they, how they we want look? more football <laughs> how we looking how we looking how we look yeah yeah look it, it, uh, let's get those numbers up you guys who are out there watching and liking make sure wherever whatever means you are watching make sure you're subscribing you know if you're listening to us on the uh, bcs in pod zone make sure you're saving that channel uh obviously if you're catching our show on video make sure you're liking it on uh, youtube or if you're watching it on facebook go to our facebook page like be a part of uh, what we have going on there so we can continue to grow our numbers. All right. We, we definitely want to continue to, to grow our numbers. Um, we got a busy show. No, no interviews this week. It's just us. 
because we got a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff to get uh, to and talk about. Um, everything from all, all kinds of sports, all kinds of different angles. So let's kind of start with uh, what gets most people's palates uh, wet, and that's football. So we'll start, we'll start there with some of the news coming out of our second scrimmage from the past Saturday, uh, actually Sunday, because scrimmage number two actually got pushed back from Sunday or from Saturday to Sunday. And uh, one of the, for, for me, one of the top headlines that, that I read guys uh, had to be and, and this, look, I, I put this in the text because I was kind of curious to see what kind of reaction I would get from you guys. But the but the Maritobic ain't starting. I'm just letting you know. Well, hey, look, the, the, the true freshman uh Maritovic uh from out of my backyard out here in Wakiva High School uh impresses in his second scrimmage. Um, even though his numbers were um let me see, I'm going here to the numbers. His numbers may have only been six of thirteen for 111 yards, but uh Maritovic did lead the offense down the field for three touchdowns, according to the reporting from FamuAthletics.com. So it just, you know, I, I just had to ask the questions, and you guys quickly struck me down on that. Six of 13, absolutely not. Nah. If it had gotten about 11 or 13, 12 or 13, you might have had a discussion. But even with that, we're we pretty much, uh, I'm pretty much sure that we've settled in. In fact, uh, Coach Simmons has settled in on McKay. Somebody would have to do super phenomenal uh, to unseat him. He has a mastery of the playbook. He has the most experience uh, of the guys that are currently out there. And uh, Coach Simmons has stated that we don't need, um, you know, a Pat Mahomes type dude. We just need somebody that's going to be a a solid game manager that's not going to turn the ball over, nowhere to go with the ball. And uh, right now that's McKay. Typically with uh, second scrimmages, the focus is on your depth, right? Who's going to bag up who? Only a few positions are really up for grabs. And um, the ones you know or you feel good about, you don't give them any reps. Uh, so you didn't see McKay much. That's pretty much a telltale sign for me that he's got the starting job locked up. And we were more concerned with who's going to be backing him up for that game. Absolutely. And I'm really interested to see because SAP numbers were pretty good too. Um, so I'm really interested to see between those two how that pans out. Um, another name from out of that scrimmage, which uh, got a lot of love, was Bishop Bonnet. Five carries, 65 yards, scored twice, uh, continues to show uh, why he is an electrifying playmaker. Um, I have to remember sometimes he's only listed as 5'7. Um, which just adds to his shiftiness. We got a couple of those kind of dudes now. I feel like um, it'll be interesting to see whether Bonnet or how much time Bonnet gets behind in the backfield versus playing in that special teams, punt returner, kick returner role. You know, um, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out because definitely in the backfield, there's an opportunity to go with sort of a thunder and lightning kind of – backfield you know with a guy like Terrell Jennings and then of course uh, another another young man you know DeAndre Francis the freshman uh who continues to impress 
Um, so we we just you know they're just it's, it's pretty impressive. It's stacking up to be an impressive show. Any other thoughts from scrimmage? Any other headlines that stood out for you guys? Well, for me, I mean, just you know, um, seeing that the defense stepped up their play was a key element for me because you don't want to go into, um, you know, family's going to do well in the SWAC is going to be because uh, I believe largely because of our defense. Um, SWAC teams score. They have good skilled people. They're going to put pressure on you on the perimeter. And so being able to have a fast physical defense that can make plays is is paramount to our success and to see that they were uh, readily able to step up in that department did me a lot of good definitely got me excited and i, I concur uh brian you hit the two things that stood out to me in terms of offense with uh the quarterback play and uh bonnet and uh francis but uh like kofi I, i'm really focusing in on the defensive pressure and uh, moving the line of scrimmage and it was encouraging to see that uh, we had quite a few tackles for losses, uh, you know, a turnover here and there that, you know, the defense won their share of battles. And that's what you want to see. Our offense, let's face it, is prolific. So if our defense is competitive with the offense on a daily basis in practice, I don't worry about game day. We'll be good. Uh, where do you see if you had to – predict the running back situation uh obviously bonnet uh jennings uh, terrell jennings uh, eddie tillman the third uh, had a good performance in the second scrimmage uh six carries 35 yards a reception for 18 uh deandre francis the young freshman who's shown up uh and and then let's not forget you know a lot of expectations for uh jalen mcleod you know uh, i i won't forget that's a name that King of Forbes told me to watch out for in in spring. So wh- where do you guys, what are your thoughts on what our backfield will look like? I'm, I'm picturing something uh, kind of like the Patriots. Um, you don't have a bunch of necessarily superstars, but you've got a number of people that can keep the, the chains moving um, and they can hit you from a number of different ways. For instance, Terrell Jennings is a, big fast back he's physical um he can do a number of different things and then you've got the shiftiness of a bonnet then you've got deandre francis who's along those same lines then you got mcleod who's another big physical back then you got tillman who's uh who's along that line with uh with jennings man and and then you know we've got uh, a couple of guys i believe from miami that are phenomenal and uh you know, I, I I feel good about our running game. Uh, I know that that was a heavy emphasis. I know that they, uh, I keep, I don't want to mess up the guy's name. Is it? It's not Dukakis, um, the offensive line coach that left, but he put in a lot of work um, dealing with our blocking schemes up front. Uh, early when we thought that we may have been playing some football in the spring, and uh, then getting the guy from um, Southern Mississippi in to work with the offensive line. Um, we got some big boys up there. So I'm fully expecting us with uh, a greater understanding of our concepts, greater understanding of our continuity to see how the tote game 
is going to basically do. These guys are versatile. They're not one dimensional. They can all catch. Um, and they're, they're all fast. So it's going to be interesting to see how all of that just really fits into the game plan, how uh, Coach Simmons chooses to use them. I'm excited about it. Along those same lines, I'm, I'm trying to think with that kind of depth, and we have different kind of backs, like uh, we've all expressed. I'm, kind of, I'm trying to think, I anticipate we'll be in front quite a bit. And so what I'm interested in is short yardage, and our commitment to the run uh, throughout the game to shorten the game when we when we have leads and so forth, and and, and how we use the backs in that case. Uh, I I heard about a pretty good lick that uh the Francis took on the goal line by Marquise and Bonnet. uh and I I would much rather see uh, Terrell Jennings or a uh, McLeod probably take those uh goal lines and third and ones and so forth. So I'm, I'm really interested just to see how all that pans out. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I think Kofi was saying that was, I think it was Bonnet who took that lit uh, <laughs> from, uh, from Marquise. I, I think I saw a, a post game uh, on one of the stations, a post game interview with a uh, post scrimmage interview with coach Simmons talking about uh, having to remind Marquise to, Hey, Hey, don't hit my, don't bust up my my running backs like that. Too bad, you know. We we still got we still we still got to play Jackson State in a couple of weeks. You know, let's 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 dial that back a little bit. Uh, also, one of the names that I saw in the scrimmage report, guys, was uh, defensive back Lovey Jenkins, the Louisville transfer. Who look at, at the last week we did this show, we were just talking about. Lovey, who had just come on board. I don't know if he had just got on campus. It just was official last week, uh, along with Antoine Collier. But uh, Jenkins making a making a play with an interception on a deep pass in, uh, in that scrimmage. So he is already getting himself acclimated and uh, just adds to that depth, man. Tough decisions are going to be made. It'll be interesting to see what we look like when the uh, when the depth chart comes out, you know, the, definitely that's one of the things that I'm sure we'll be we'll be talking about on uh, next week when when Coach Simmons has his coaches show, and and we'll talk a little bit more about that uh, coming up. But but let's transition a little bit, guys. To you know, when we talk about this team, let's talk about some of the most uh, impactful returners. And we, we've been talking about this concept for the last couple of weeks now. Most impactful returners, most impactful newcomers. I mean, I think it's too hard right now to try to say, hey, give me a top 10 overall. Because we got two different groups here. We've got the guys from 2019, uh, maybe even a guy or two who did play 2019 but played 2018. We've also got a, a handful, two handfuls, of guys from that are newcomers, whether they be freshmen or transfers. So we're going to break it down in those two groups and just kind of just mention our top 10. Uh, so let's start. Where do we want to start, guys? We want to start with the let's start with the returners. Um, and we'll kind of since there's three of us here, we'll kind of just go around the horn here. Maybe I think we all kind of have a similar list. So for the purposes of uh, 
of the folks out there and getting everybody involved here. Let's just kind of go through a couple of names and then we'll just kind of keep rotating. And then if we get to that end, uh, we'll kind of say, well, hey, I had so-and-so on my list, but didn't have this person. So uh, Kelvin, why don't you go ahead? We'll go Kelvin, Kofi, and then I'll, and I'll come around uh, at the end and then bring it back to you, Kelvin. I'm really excited to see Chad Hunter this year. You know, we only got to see very little bit of him uh, on the field. 2019, injuries took him out. But in 2018, he was a monster. And with the development of, of David Manigo and Xavier, and now we've got Sherrod uh, from Texas State and, and a whole bunch of other staple wide receivers around, um, the focus is not going to be on him initially. And he's a seasoned vet, and he's a dog. So I really think he's going to have an opportunity to have some really big numbers early uh, just, be, just because he's just been away. Uh, but his talent level is elite. So that's one returning player I'm keeping an eye on. Um, someone else I think that has an opportunity to be um, big, could potentially, is a cornerback. I'm going to go with cornerback Eric Smith. Very athletic. He's undersized a little bit, um, but he's very athletic. And, you know, he's one of those Miami kids, hard-nosed, plays bigger than his size, and, and he made a lot of plays, had a lot of stars in 2019. And he's familiar with the schemes. I, I believe our pass rush is going to be more improved and more consistent. I think uh, the defense is going to be playing ahead of the chains. Uh, meaning that, you know, they're going to be playing with the lead a lot. And so quarterbacks are going to have to take some risks and, and put the ball in the air a little more. And so I'm looking for turnovers. And then, of course, I, I firmly believe stars have to play like stars. So, you know, you, we know who our All-Americans are. Marquis Xavier, uh, of course, are going to be key. All right. Uh, so uh, what – Go uh, give, give the next uh, couple of guys that you have there, uh, Kofi. I would say, obviously, uh, Bishop Bonnet. Uh, he's a little guy, but he's got a ton of heart. Uh, he's shifty. He's quick. Um, and he's hungry. Uh, every time I look around, this guy is uh, he's working his tail off. He's doing a number of different things. And he's endured a lot of little injuries. And I think him knowing that this is his last hurrah, has, I, I want to say, re-energized him. Uh, this team is unified. They've spent a lot of time together. So him being able to be a part of this group um, means a lot to him, uh, for him to be able to do it. He's got a number of different motivating factors, but I'm fully expecting him to have uh, a huge impact on this year, along with his, feather, his fellow uh, Duvalian, uh, Terrell Jennings, who's six feet, 230. Um, I love his size. I love his speed. He played on championship squad. In fact, both Bishop and uh, Terrell Jennings played on championship state winning squads. So they're used to being around a championship culture. They know what it means to be in a big game. Um, they know what it means to play in those type of games. They know the measure of intensity and the preparation that goes into it. And so knowing that um, this is an opportunity for family to definitely make history and make their presence known in the swag is a big deal to those guys. So I'm looking forward to seeing them both. 
yeah, uh, definitely. Um, uh, quality, uh, it'll be interesting. Like I said, that's that thunder and lightning I was talking about. You know, it'll be interesting to see what happens with the Bonnet and Jennings. Jennings, who uh, led the team in touchdowns back in 2019 with six, and Bonnet was actually the leading rusher. Uh, go figure that, you know, so uh, pretty, pretty interesting. Um, so the next two, I'll go, I'll go with the interior. I'll go to interior. So I'll go, I'll start with Keenan Forbes, uh, the uh, grad student, 6'3", 330, offensive lineman, um, who will be the, I, I got to imagine, he will be the captain of a very interesting offensive line group. And we'll explain why coming up here in a moment. But uh, this, this is an offensive line group that I think will have the, pressure so to speak on them to run the ball better I think coach Simmons really wants to run the ball better I don't think he wants to be the heavy pass team that we were in 2019 I really think he wants to find that nice balance where he can be 50 uh what 50 50 I mean it's kind of hard to be 50 50 but you know 60 40 even uh pass run um you were That's say- a big deal, bro. That's a big deal. I mean, going back to that ill-fated Florida Classic that I really don't want to talk about right now, but I have to talk about it because we had a second down and three, well, yeah. third down and three, um, and we didn't run the ball. Ryan almost threw an interception on that first ball, and then he came back the very next play back to the exact same play and tried to do the same thing again on a fourth down and three. And through an interception. Yeah, when you don't have a, you don't have confidence in your running game, which I mean, honestly, the running game wasn't a strength all season, or at least by that point in the season, you knew it wasn't the strength. So, uh, look, but but now we hope we hope that that has been corrected. I mean, we got enough guys in the backfield. We we've seen that. Now we just need the the help from the guys up front. I mean, so that's why I mentioned. Forbes, um, and, and then we'll get to his other guys, his uh, teammates on that front line. But how about, here's a name that we don't hear a lot, but he led the team in sacks and tackles for loss in 2019. You don't hear him getting a lot of uh, mention when we talk about returning players, but I got to say, uh, Ronaldo Flowers, uh, 5'10", grad student, 245, defensive lineman, again, led the team in sacks and tackles for loss in 2019. So, you know, while I know on that defense, Marquise Bell gets a lot of the attention, and, and rightfully so, um, and, and, you know, but I think it'll be important that we have a guy like Flowers. And, and again, notice we're talking grad students, re, re, uh, redshirt seniors, very, very veteran group in the, in the defensive, uh, on the defensive line, in the interior, in the key positions. Um, so, uh you know, that's uh, two guys that I'm going to spotlight. Uh, who else we have there, uh, Kelvin? I think we've gone through about maybe about seven guys at this point. Who else we got on our list? Uh, I think we talked about uh, Mayweather, the, the guy in the middle, the returning middle linebacker, uh, big run stopper, call the defense, captain, and so forth. We we need him to play like bet he is and the, and the, and the, and the, the champion he is, so – I think he'll he's he's another name we need to we'll hear about and we need to see. Um, what about you? What about you, Kofi? Well, of course. I mean, I don't want to cheat or anything, 
by saying Marquise Bell, but you know, you kind of have to say that, that every time I say his name, I'm picturing the hundred playing ring my bell as he knocks somebody clear across the field into the next oblivion and stuff. Just a nice little snippet of ring my bell, but he's obviously the heart and soul um, of this defense, but this defense is full of head knockers. I, I want to, I want to kind of say that um, this defense is full of head knockers and uh, I'm excited to see um, how these schemes are going to definitely come together. We're talking about returning players. Um, I, I think you've already mentioned David Manigo earlier, uh, Kelvin, when you were talking about uh, with Xavier Bishop and Manigo. Um, so I, I think that's important. Manigo, who I believe a lot of times lined up in the tight end position, if I'm not mistaken, in 2019, even though he's listed as a wide receiver, just a big dude, 6'3", 190. Um, so I, I know you had mentioned him. But I, I'll, I'll close it off with two guys that I think we all had on our list. And you almost forget that he's coming back. All-American punter Chris Fadul, who is coming back. What a weapon he is. When we talk about, you know, that the advantage that he gives you and the advantage he gives your defense is just ridiculous. Um, and, and so you, when you got a guy like Fadul, uh, there's an added bonus there because he can pin the other team and put them in some bad starting spots. Uh, and so that just opens up the door for the defense, especially with the team, you know, with your opponent possibly pinned inside the 20 or inside the 10 as uh, he likes to do a lot. And then, of course, look, I mean, how, how impactful is Rashawn McKay? I mean, we, we cannot leave him off our list because what? We expect him to be QB1. Um, that's, look, and, and there's no more important position right now with this team than QB1. And uh, I, I think we've got the right guy. We, we've seen him perform under pressure. No bigger performance than what he did against North Carolina A&T. And uh, so I'm, I'm really excited about this young man's opportunity. And uh, he'll, have some, he'll have some good support behind him. So it'll be a let good me, quarterback room. Let me just say, I, I've seen him perform under pressure. He played, I think, for um, Corey Fuller at Gabby, uh, lead his team against Queen Gray's Lincoln team in the last seconds back. So uh, he's been under pressure in those pressure-type games and having to score. And uh, I think that is he's going to do quite well. I think that we just have we have a plethora of weapons, man. This this is this is the best FAMU football team roster-wise, I will say, since 1999. Oof. Wow. Uh, beautiful thing. When we come back, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to get into some of the more impactful newcomers. And then we're going to look at this SWAC schedule. We're going to take a peek at the SWAC schedule and just talk about the impact games of the SWAC this year. And, you know, it's funny. I've gone through this list many a times, guys. I've looked at this schedule. I've even predicted every game win loss in this, in this schedule. And, uh, and something just glared at me for the first time. Um, and I'll kind of reveal what that is when we talk about some of those top games, but uh, we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit more. And also we'll kind of get into some of the, the new deals and news and notes going on with family athletics a little bit later in the show. Stick around. We'll be back right after this. You're watching the ONG strike zone, Brian, Kofi, Kelvin. We'll be back right after these words. 
Let's go. Support the Black College Sports Network so we can continue to provide you coverage. Go to myjbn.com slash support and be a part of the Black College Sports This is the Dean of the College of HBCU Sports, Kenyatta Cavill of Dr. Cavill's Inside the HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop. Come mix it up in the lab where the course lecture is in session every Tuesday from 6 o'clock p.m. Central Standard Time on Facebook Live, YouTube, Spreaker, or the BCSN app. As we discuss all things about the HBCU sports culture, including exploring the week that was in the sporting HBCU dashboard as well as the upcoming week of HBCU Sports. With me, the Dean, the College of HBCU Sports, on Dr. Cavill's Inside HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Watson and Charles Bishop. Course lecture dismissed. It's never too early to plant the seed, to share the tradition, and instill a sense of pride in your HBCU with your little ones. HBCU Pride and Joy Children's Boutique helps you share your school spirit with a wide selection of adorable kids' apparel and accessories officially licensed from your favorite HBCU. Visit HBCUPrideJoy.com and follow us on all social media at HBCUPrideJoy on Facebook and Twitter. This is Brian Fulford. A.D. Drew and I are co-hosts of the BCSN Sports Wrap. We talk about all things related to HBCU athletics. From the games, teams, coaches, and fan interest stories, we cover it all. You can find our shows on Facebook at BCSN Sports Wrap, YouTube at MyJBN Online, and everywhere you listen to podcasts like Anchor, Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. You can also find the show on the Jericho Broadcast Network's app. Make sure to download. We look forward to you joining the conversation and being a part of the show. Welcome back to the ONG Strike Zone. Brian, Kofi, Kelvin, uh, reminding you, make sure you like and subscribe wherever you're listening, however you're listening. Share the show with some of your Rattler friends, family. Let them know football season's around the corner. The Rattlers are traveling down to Orange, uh, to the Orange Blossom Classic in Miami Gardens, playing right there in the Hard Rock Stadium, beautiful stadium. Uh, fellas, did you happen to see the turf, the new turf they put down? I don't know if you happen to watch the exhibition game that the Dolphins played in over the weekend, but man, the turf, the turf looks nice. Looks nice. It's, it's in prime playing condition. I don't know. There's something about the stadiums and the turf. When you see well, it on the FTV and the nice green color of the grass, it just gets you excited for football season. I mean, it's just me. Well, Miami takes a, a lot of care in of their turf just because they are, that stadium is an event stadium. So, 
Um, there are regulations and stuff. You've got the the Dolphins that play there, the Hurricanes that play there. You got this classic game. You got a soccer team. That turf has to be in tip top condition. So, yeah, I'm I'm not shocked at all. Um, and they want other people to look at that field and be like, "Ooh, I want to play there in that stadium." So, that's that's all good. I I hope we get the and I don't know. Uh, I hope we get the the letter art. I hope the art for the Orange Blossom Classic. I hope the Jackson State, Florida A&M end zone, or maybe actually it's our Orange Blossom Classic, so maybe you should really just say Florida A&M on both end zones. But but somehow I, I hope the artwork and design for the game gets on the field. I, I mean, I, I I don't want to poo-poo it and say, I better not see the Dolphins logo on the 50-yard on the line. No offense to Dolphin fans out there. But uh, I, I, I want to see the – you know, class, the pageantry of the game respected. And so I want to see the appropriate artwork on the field. Uh, Kelvin, anything to add on that? Well, except for that game wasn't, I, it was an ugly game. I'm a Falcons fan, so. <laughs> <laughs> Go Dolphins. Go right, Dolphins. I knew, I knew somebody was a Dolphins fan here. Absolutely. Uh, Yes, exactly. So, look, hey, uh, let, let, a couple of news and notes from the football program. Uh, one bit of good, one bit of bad. Uh, where do we want to – you want to start with the – Start with the bad first and get it out oh, of the way. All right, Kelvin, I'll give you – I'll give you – I'll let you start with the bad, and then, Kofi, you can mention the good. Yeah, we mentioned last week about Herman Jackson, how much uh, we were looking forward to him and what – how much of a contributor we thought he would be for this season. And he got injured, uh, season injuries, injury is his second one since he's been here. He worked really hard to get back. He looks so promising and good as, as a freshman. Um, and, and to have these bad to bad injuries and then, you know, lose a season with, with COVID. I just feel bad for him and um, keep him in, keep, keep him in our prayers and, keep his head up and uh, work real hard and hopefully we'll get a chance to see him um, next year. Exactly. Uh, prayers up to uh, Herman uh, Jackson. Uh, keep your head up, young fella. Uh, there's a, there's bigger and better days ahead. Trust me. Trust me. Yeah. Um, uh, all right. So Kofi, uh, what, what about the, what about the good news uh, from uh, the, uh, the two news bits that we got? Uh, are we speaking of it's a lot of news? So we're speaking of Elry. We are, yeah. Yeah, Elry, Elry Jackson, who is the uh, Elry Allen, who's the son of Craig Allen, uh, actually got somewhat of a promotion. He was promoted to be able to be on full scholarship, which I think is a real blessing. That young man has endured uh, a ton of stuff from depression. He lost his grandmother. Um, dealt with injuries, he persevered, he worked his tail off. And um, the good thing about it is, you know, as a, even with the players I coach, I say somebody's always watching you. Someone with the ability to promote you is always watching you. And they're talking about you even when you're not in the room. Make sure that they're talking and saying something good about you. So he worked his tail off to the point that, you know, they they felt the need and they felt uh, led to go on ahead and give the young man what he has earned and he earned a scholarship all right well congratulations to uh elry elry allen and uh well well deserved so um, absolutely 
Yeah, definitely. And a little connection there between uh, that family and you two guys, if I'm not mistaken, correct? Absolutely. Uh, Craig Allen played for the high, FAMU high. He was a phenomenal basketball player. He went on to the highest of Seven Hills and played up there as well. He was uh, he was our Horace Grant in so many ways and terms and he, he was an all-around baller, man. He could he, he could do a number of different things. And uh, he's a phenomenal athlete. And I see where Elry gets his genes from. All right. All right. Well, again, shout out to uh, to uh, Elry. Congratulations. Uh, I, look, I saw I saw his name mentioned in the uh, report uh, from the scrimmage. So it's good to see. Hopefully he continues to find his way on the field and makes impacts as often as he can. So speaking of impacts, we want to kind of follow up from the last segment where we talked about the top returners. We've got a, about a handful of newcomers. And the best ways we can describe, describe these newcomers, uh, a, a list of um, transfers as well as freshmen that we've kind of got our eye on, that we think, given the opportunity to shine, they will, or at least that's what we're hoping. And so, you know, until – you know, we've seen good reports. You're hearing good reports. So we're just hoping that these guys uh, come through as expected. And uh, so a lot of it will be um, us. I'll, I'll start I'll start it off, guys, by just one mention. I'll, I'll mention Savion Williams to start it off. Uh, defensive lineman, 6'4", 290, a senior, transferred from Tennessee, played at uh, University of Tennessee, in the SEC, uh, one of the one of the more impressive spring videos or summer videos I saw is where somehow he got lined up in a little uh, offense defense uh, out wide as almost a, a maybe a, a tight end. I don't know, but it was inside the red zone, and uh, he he put a move on that DB or whoever was guarding him, and ended up scoring a touchdown. And instantly, I'm thinking, okay. Somebody's got to figure out a package where we can get uh, Savion uh, in there in a goal line situation. I mean, big dude, uh, 290, able to catch catch and, and moss people the way he did. I, that's impressive. So uh, that that's one guy I definitely think we got to keep an eye on. And then the other name I, I'll go with, uh, again, mentioned earlier, uh, Jalen McLeod, running back, transfer from Savannah State, uh, played at Bowles High School in Jacksonville. And uh, mentioned him, of course, that's a name that Keenan put me on to uh, and said we got to watch out for. So we're just kind of waiting to see when he gets his opportunity. Keep your eyes open. Again, Jalen McLeod. What do you got, Kelvin? I'm going to go with the offensive line because that is so critical. You mentioned about we want to run the ball better. We got all these skill position weapons and so forth. And we really beefed up size-wise and experience-wise. Uh, what we added to, we had quite a bit returning, but uh, I think the coaches think that they added length, they added size, they added experience, hopefully toughness. And so I'm looking at the two Florida State old office lineman transfers, Jay Jackson Williams and Michael Honor, and I throw in also the Wake Forest transfer, Orlando Higgs the third. We need at least two of those three to be very solid starters, right? At the very least, That's you system. know, well, we, we can rely. We need it. We need a side of the line that we can lie. We need that yard, that two yards, that three yards. And everybody know we coming that way and we get those two or three yards. 
I mean, these these guys sit six three forty five, six four three thirty five, six three three fifteen, and with that uh, FBS experience, uh, a lot of these guys did play start and they have they have experience. They grad students to uh, honored in, in Jackson, so so this expectation is when you bring in people with that talent, that experience, that size, uh, that pedigree, that it translates on the field. So. Um, I'm, I'm really looking for them to uh, join the family and do a really good job. And then I'll throw one more in on the defensive side. Uh, and that's going to be uh, – I'm, I'm, I'm always concerned about the pass rush. I hadn't heard much about him yet, but I'm, I'm looking. Stephon Atkinson, transfer from West Kentucky, 6'3", 235, DN. Uh, we're going to need some pass rush without having a blitz. We, I like his length. I like his size. Um, again, he looks the part, and, um, and, uh, and we're going to need him to contribute. All right, Kofi, what about you? What do you who you got on the list? I'm going to say Jeremiah Pruitt's uh, tight end, 6'5", 230. He's got incredible length. He was originally a wide receiver when we first signed him, but this guy has incredible length and height, so you can see jump ball opportunities. You see opportunities to really – um, get him in mismatches with linebackers, mismatches with safeties, um, big, huge physical specimen. And so him being able to be a part of this explosive offense with all of those wide receivers, uh, the defense is literally going to have to pick their poison. And so I see him being able to make a huge impact in a third down go-to person for our QB. Um, you, got, you wanna you wanna throw a second one in there, or I mean, obviously, you know, I was trying to. I didn't want to say Jamar Sharif, but I'm gonna go ahead and say Jamar Sharif because yeah, yeah. He's, yeah, he's huge. He's super fast. I'm gonna call him Flash. He's super fast, uh, super quick. His quickness um, in open space just makes him somebody that uh, is going to be a playmaker for us. Uh, guaranteed. Uh, he's going to make a ton of plays in the kick return game, a ton of plays in the punt return game, a ton of plays even in the reverse, or even a part of our running game as we uh, do little toss sweeps or just different things with our RPO offense. Um, we're going to see him involved, heavily involved in that. And he's got good hands as well. Um, this guy has a dog mentality. He is super tough. And so having him on this offense is going to be absolutely phenomenal nice nice uh Sharid uh, out of Texas State I saw a video calling him the uh, human joystick uh that's a YouTube video I saw for him out of Houston Texas so uh it's good to good to see him. we don't get we don't get too many guys from out of the uh the Texas region so good to see us uh snag one or at least uh so it'll be interesting to see again where he fits in the mix, you know, how much special teams with the punt returners and, and the kick returners, you know, imagine him on one side and bonnet on the other side. On kick well, return. well, let me just say this, this is a challenge. This is something that I've been talking with um, uh, Kelvin Rosier about considerably. And um, you know, uh, our special teams coach, uh, you know, under Willie Simmons, we have not had a kick return for a touchdown. We've not had a punt return for a freaking touchdown. And wow. I want to see us as a Florida team 
get a freaking touchdown from the punt return and kick return game and make our life a whole lot easier. Um, you know, and one of the things, I mean, this family has had phenomenal special teams players in times past. Joe Taylor's heavy focus was really on special teams, and he fully and wholeheartedly believed in having his best players out there. But that's largely why he always had a return guy back there that could break one and make life or flip the field and do a number of different things. Um, and, you know, just even from the punt blocking aspect of it, imagine Sharif being out there or, uh, yeah, Sharif being out there, even Marquise Bell being out there on the end to be able to just, you know, speed in there and quickly block a punt. Um, those are impact plays that can help to put our offense, which is already potent in solid field position, if not just get a touchdown outright. I'm calling it this year, Kofi. There will be a special teams touchdown this year. If it's not, I'm looking at the special teams coach side. I like it. <laughs> uh, exactly. Um, all right, come moving on to the list. I'm going to go with a couple of freshmen who uh, we've talked about. Uh, of course, I, I think of all the freshmen, I, I think I'm most curious to see, and this is such a veteran team. I don't think there's going to be much room for freshmen this year. Hopefully not. Hopefully injuries don't become a thing and we need to see those freshmen. But I think the two freshmen who we will see at some point, um, I, and, and, you know, I'm, I'm hoping we see more of DeAndre Francis, uh, five, six freshman from Rickards High School. Uh, I think he has shown enough ability in the scrimmages that you got to find a way to get him on the field. Uh, you got to find a way. Um, and then I think, uh, you know, I, I think Muratovic, I think somehow Muratovic has really shown, I, I'm not calling it, I'm not saying anything, you know, I'm not calling for no quarterback controversy or anything like that. But I think against, I think week two against uh, Fort Valley state, we will see a, I'm calling it now week two, you will see a junior Muratovic sighting, against Fort Valley State. I'm calling it now against, uh, against Fort Valley State. I think that'll be a good spot to see him and, uh, you know, see what he can do there. So those are my two freshmen. How about any well, – who else we have uh, on our list, uh, Kelvin? DBs. And I, I said last week that I thought this would be our next most talented group outside of those wide receiver group, and I still believe that even with the injury – um, and so the Lovey Jenkins and, and uh, those transfers we got in, uh, I, the Bola boys, Mercer, I've seen them flash, and, and Javon Morgan, local kid, Florida High, uh, I've seen some plays from him. And, and one person we hadn't mentioned, Syracuse transfer, Nadarius Fagan, um, wow. linebacker. Uh, I really, you know, I really thank uh, all those. I think they're going to be, you know, significant contributors on on this team. Mm. All right. What about you, Kofi? Well, I mean, we just got uh, Antoine Collier, man. I think that he's going to um, everything he is as advertised. Plenty of speed, lots of knowledge, um, playmaking ability. And to have him back there paired with Bell is just going to be Ooh, I'm just interested to see how we scheme 
this defense. Um, I'm looking for lights out. I'm looking for shutouts. I'm looking for turnovers. I'm looking for pick sixes. I'm looking for all of those different things with all those playmakers that we have back there. Uh, another another defensive back I think that we may have overlooked, I know it was on our list, Jabari Jowden. I think I said his, I hope I said his last name right. Uh, six foot, 175, redshirt sophomore. He transferred from Savannah State, went to Jacksonville, Revolt. Uh, so, you know, we mentioned we had a couple of Jackson or Savannah State uh, transfers. Uh, so we had Jowden and then we also had uh, McLeod. So, yeah, that's a pretty healthy. I mean, by my count, guys, I think that's about 15 guys that we counted and came across that we think whew, impact newcomers. You know, it'll be interesting to see by midseason who on this of these 15 names, who's still on. You know, we'd probably be able to narrow it down to 10 by then, by midseason. You know, but it was a little too hard to do here in the preseason. Let's transfer, let's transfer our attention over to that schedule. The SWAC schedule, you know, we've looked at it a hundred times. We've listened to the prognosticators. I feel like I've talked about it several times on different shows in different places. Um, I've even broken it down every game. I got a win-loss for every game. I can tell you how the whole season's gonna go. But anyway, um, let's look at the most impactful games of the entire SWAC schedule. Um, well, let's, let's start it off. Uh, you, you go first, Kelvin, and then we'll bring it on around the horn. Well, the most important game, I still think it's going to be that matchup between Alabama and him and a and, uh, FAMU. Uh, I think that's what, October 18th, somewhere around there. October and, uh, 16th, October yeah. 16th, FAMU yeah. at Alabama and him. I think that's going to be the most important game. I think, the swag is, you know, the East is, is very heavy. I think there's a lot of parity. And um, it, it just may happen that nobody goes undefeated in the East, right? I think most of the prognosticators have said or predicted that whoever wins East is probably going to have at least one loss. And um, I, I don't I don't necessarily disagree with that. So I, that, that's a really big game. Um, I also think that uh, – the, the the JSU game against um, Alabama and which is the week before uh, our game, and that's in Huntsville also. So they got two back-to-back uh, games in Huntsville against probably the two of the top three teams in the East, mm-hmm. uh, with the exception of you know Bethune Cookman. So so uh, I, I'm you know I'm I'm gonna leave my hat on on that uh, the, them two weeks in Huntsville as to how to sweat East. Turns out, and I think that whoever comes out on top, uh, I think the East is going to beat the West at the end of the year in the uh, championship game. Yeah. I would, be love nice. to, I would love us to host that in um, Tallahassee at Bragg. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Right. All right, uh, Kofi, where do you, where you got? Where do you want to go? Well, um, we're on that Alabama A&M tip. I, I'm going to move back a little bit earlier with – I want to say Alabama AM versus Bethune Cookman down in Daytona. I think that that's going to be a huge game because, like FAMU, Bethune has not played um, in over 600 days. And they've got pretty much, they've got a lot of returning people 
Um, they've got Florida speed. Uh, they play pass defense pretty well. Uh, so it's going to be interesting to see how Alabama A&M and Bethune-Cookman really match up. And with where Bethune-Cookman has been picked to finish, uh, the Wildcats are playing with a big chip on their shoulder, feeling like it's the world against us. Ain't nobody even concerning about us. And we've been beating swag people uh, for a long time. So yeah. that's right. Let them tell us. Yeah, they've been being lately. I mean, since I want to say um, Jenkins was there, they've had um, solid success. And yeah. what's funny is uh, Brian Jenkins' son plays for Alabama AM. So this will be his first soiree back down in uh, his old stomping grounds down there in Daytona. So that's going to be um, really interesting to see how that impacts. And then, of course, I'm going to go over to the West side. I think. Um, obviously, your your uh, Southern versus Alcorn is going to be huge as usual, along with um, Prairie View, Grambling, and uh, Alcorn, and uh, I want to say Alcorn and Grambling as well. I think all those are going to be a big dogfight to see, and I don't want to leave out UAPB because they were in the um, SWAC championship game just this past spring, so. Yeah, it's, it's a ton of great games all across the board. A couple of interesting notes I found. You know, I had that Alabama A&M at Bethune on my – that's a Thursday night game. So that is a national television game Thursday night. And I think the thing for Bethune, it comes – they have a game on Saturday against UCF. So it's a local game. So it's not like they're having to travel a long distance, even though they start the season – in uh, El Paso, Texas, but A&M, Alabama A&M really has a bye week before. So they get sort of, they got to play a South Carolina State team and then they play that uh, Bethune game really with almost extra time. So, I mean, that's going to be a tough, that's a game where you got one team that's going to have, let me do the math here, seven, 10, no, uh, what, 14 15 days off and then the other team with four I you know you talk about a a, a, a a nice contrast there I don't know you know a lot of people have different theories about you know extra rest versus playing on limited rest and so uh, however you however you view that game will be something you want to pay attention to for that game and then another note Kofi that October 9th grambling at Alcorn Alcorn only has three home games all year. They only have two conference home games. That game against Grambling is one of the two conference home games. So it'll be a lot of hype there for Alcorn um, to play uh, at home, one of their few home games this upcoming year. So uh, you guys get you guys took a lot here. So let me see. What else do I have on the list? How about you got the Classic? Huh? <laughs> So you have the Magic City Classic, you got the yeah, Bayou I mean, Classic. Yeah, yeah, obviously the classics. I mean, we've got the Bayou Classic, uh, which I'm predicting will be an upset this year. Um, I, I think Grambling will win that one. You know, you got the Magic City Classic, which I'm predicting Alabama State will win this year. Yep, I said it. Um, <laughs> you know, you, you obviously the season starts with the Orange Blossom Classic. I mean, that's a big game, but 
here's some interesting. Here's here's a game that I want you to pay attention to. I'm a, I'm gonna turn to UAPB. Yes, UAPB has one of the most advantageous home schedules in the SWAC. You know, not only does it start where they play all corn on a Thursday, right? Early in the year in September, home game. Then October 16th, the same day we're playing Alabama A&M, they host Southern, right? October 16th. Two weeks later, UAPB hosts Grambling. And then guess who they get the following week? Uh. FAMU. They've got four games, three of them towards that period of October 16th to November 13th, where they're playing Southern, Grambling, FAMU, all at home. Nobody has a home schedule more advantageous than UAPB. But remember, people pick UAPB, what, fourth or fifth in the West? Yeah, bro, I'm telling you now. Watch out for UAPB because that team is legit. And the yeah. fact that you get those teams at home, I'm very worried for. I, I've already said that's my FAMU trap game right there because of what we're coming off of. And then that, and the fact that UAPB has got us at home, you know, back to back road trips. So just pay attention to UAPB in those home games. What else you got, Kelvin? Nah. What I would say is, I'm like you. I'm a, of the same thought process. Bethune and UAPB will be the two schools that will help determine who wins the swag. They're 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 they good enough to beat anybody, and they're they're gonna they're gonna beat some of the teams that are ranked uh, predicted to finish ahead of them. They're gonna do that, and it just hopefully it won't be FAMU. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. How, how about you, Kofi? Yeah, uh, I mean, the swag, the one thing about the swag is you've literally got to come ready to play every single week. Um, there's there's somebody that's ready to knock you off every single week. Even the weaker teams, um, your Texas Southerns, your Mississippi Valleys are not necessarily pushovers. They've got a ton of athletes. They've got transfer players that can make life miserable for you so um not to mention uh the swag referees play a big part in what happens in these ball games and so being able to be mentally uh tuned in and dialed in and not getting flustered not losing it is key because these jokers here you can have the replay saying x y and z right there and they will still make some boneheaded calls and be like, what in the world? Now that we're in the conference, because we thought the MEAC referees were just the absolute worst, but we're in a conference, people, where the referees are even worse than the ones that we had in the MEAC. I'm here to tell you, so get your mind right. <laughs> well, how do you really feel there, Kofi? Um, about it. Look, this is the conference where the dude uh, was standing on the sideline. I think it was a Prairie View uh, Gremlin dude and he had the shotgun pointed at the referee and say, what's the call, ref? What's the call? You know, so it's, it's that type of stuff. Uh, what one other, one other thing I want to bring to you in terms of teams that have an outrageous home field advantage, Southern University, October 30th 
November 6th, November 13th, three weeks in a row, Southern. Now, to my knowledge, unless the schedule is not correct, they host Alcorn, FAMU, and Jackson Jackson State. Talk about, I mean, if you didn't buy, if you're a Southern fan and you didn't buy season tickets, uh, shame on you because that's a heck of a three-game uh, a run there that uh, that is. I just don't. Unrivaled. That that schedule, their schedule alone, in my opinion, is probably I believe just the toughest in the swag because they've got um, they're going to run just all the way from September all the way down, and I know they've got a ton of depth, they've got a ton of players, but. That's one hell of a gauntlet to have of teams to have to go through. And then you've got Grambling that following week. That's an emotional right, right. investment that, you know, only the most stable of coaches and rosters can pull through that. And they the got Yeah, no, you this, you brought that it's a good point. The second half of Southern schedule, uh, when they start at UAPB, yes, UAPB, Prairie View, Alcorn, Fam, Jackson State, Grambling. I mean, that's the second half of the season. So, you know, uh, and then needless to say, you've got the SWAC's 13th member in McNeese State that you host. I mean, you host McNeese State that you better hope you can beat McNeese State because you've got Miles, Troy. Yes. I mean, it doesn't start easy. And none of them, none of those teams are pushovers, bro. Like, yes. oh, exactly. Exactly. Troy, Miles is the SIAC defending champ. Um, I, I, obviously Southern should handle them, but they're not going to be, uh, you know, a straight up pushover. They're not going to be, uh, Edward Waters going in Jackson state. This, this is a skill squad. That's going to be physical. Hey, hey, um, let's keep, let's keep Edward Waters out of our mouth. I don't need any more promos going out where we get the, the president of Edward Waters, you know, trying to well, they got us. beat on national TV. It was 53 to whatever that was. And Dion and them with the band was playing on time. God, just all kind of stuff. Just, you know, they just got killed on national TV. They're eventually, now I will say this, Edward Waters eventually is going to be a power. They're in Florida. They're in a city where there's a ton of football talent. Um, they just upgraded their facilities. They have everything that they need to have a strong um, athletic program. It's just going to take some time to build that level up. And uh, as we've seen, you know, just here at FAMU, it's not anything that's overnight, but it takes leadership. It takes unity. It takes a cohesiveness from the president of the university on down through the alumni in the community, but it's all there for the taking. Well said. Uh, It's also a good setup for, Coming up in the next segment, we'll give our week zero predictions. Edward Waters actually does host a, uh, they play a game, opens their new stadium uh, this upcoming weekend in week zero, and they do it against another Florida school. Not FAMU, but another Florida school. Another another HBCU. So we'll we'll get into that as well as the MEAC SWAC Challenge and uh, a final segment with some news notes. Uh, some big announcements coming from the uh, FAMU Athletic Department and uh, a little bit more. So, again, stay tuned. You're watching the ONG Strike Zone. Brian, Kelvin, Kofi, we'll be back right after these words. Follow the Black College Sports Network on social media at MyBCSN1, the number one, on Facebook, 
Instagram, and Twitter at MyBCSN1. Your ad could be ran here. MyJBN.com backslash support. MyJBN.com backslash support for more information. This is the BCSN Pod Zone, your place for the news, views, and conversations about all things related to HBCU athletics. Here the BCSN Sports Wrap, Dr. Cavill's Inside the HBCU Sports Lab, Knights of the Roundtable, The Pre-Game Show, The Carlos Brown Show, The ONG Strike Zone, and more in one place. We are changing the way you consume HBCU sports one broadcast at a time. Have you had your Earthblend coffee today? At Earthblend Coffee, we take pride in offering you the very best of beans across the world, blended and roasted to perfection, giving you superior quality and satisfying and flavorful taste. Experience the world in one cup with Earthblend Coffee. Support the Black College Sports Network so we can continue to provide you coverage. Go to myjbn.com slash support and be a part of the Black College Sports Network. Tell everybody they can follow their dreams. Welcome back to the ONG Strike Zone. Brian Fulford, Kofi Hemingway, Kelvin Rozier here. Uh, again, want to just encourage you. Thank you for all your uh, participation in this show. Please like, subscribe, share. Uh, all, everything that you do there helps out the algorithm, helps continue to grow this, uh, this show. Uh, we are part of the Black College Sports Network, so make sure you are tuned in, logged in, BCSN Pod Zone is where you can listen to the show, the audio version. Of course, if you're watching us on YouTube or Facebook, make sure to like and subscribe us there. All of the shows you can find on Facebook uh, at ONG Strike Zone, or you can find them on Twitter, Instagram as well. So uh, continue to share the love. We appreciate the comments. Send your thoughts to ONG Strike Zone at gmail.com. All right, fellas, um, as we start to wind down here, let's uh, let's get into the, the big story that the uh, athletic department dropped earlier this week. And that is that the uh, Florida A&M University is partnering with 
uh, peak management sports to create uh, the Rattler Sports Network. And they will be debuting the Willie Simmons show live on Mondays at 7 p.m. Uh, now, the, the first thing that comes up is I feel like that headline needs to change a little bit because uh, Peak Sports is not really creating the Rattler Sports Network because the Rattler Sports Network has been around for a long time. It's almost like a, a rebirth or a, uh, uh, what do we want to call it? A, a remix, a something, mm-hmm. I don't, I'm trying to find the right words here. You guys relaunch. Are, a relaunch, thank you, of the Rattler Sports Network where uh, FAMU will become the first HBCU with in-house audio, with an in-house audio network. So, uh, look, it's a, it's a partnership that with this peak sports management, the, uh, apparently it's a five-year deal in which this agreement gives Florida A&M 24-7 online audio airwaves, hardware, and production support. Uh, the first broadcast will be the uh, football coaches show on uh, Monday, August 30th, 7 p.m. Eastern. Uh, followed by a live broadcast of the Orange Blossom Classic on September 5th. Now, I don't know what that live broadcast will be. Obviously, it won't be the game because the game will be on ESPN. Uh, So there are a lot of questions that come out of this. Um, I I think I'm just going to kind of read quotes for a second from uh, A.D. Gaucher. Uh, He says, we're excited to have an in-house platform that will allow us to broadcast Florida A&M University athletic content to Rattler fans, alumni, prospective students, and student athletes around the globe. Peak Sports has developed a turnkey solution that will also allow us to further maximize our multimedia rights. Um, thoughts, gentlemen, questions, go. So I'll start off here and, um, I'm going to take a cautiously optimistic view of this. Um, I want to, you know, there's, there's some details missing from, for me, uh, you know, the terms of what, what exactly, uh, are they providing? I, in general, I kind of hear what he's saying and then what kind of guarantees, what kind of financials come back. Um, I, I do know that, um, Locally, it's not very popular not having it on the radio. Um, with COVID, we'll talk, going, with talk COVID about that aspect. Right. Yes, talk about that aspect right there, which is not in the press release, but kind of came yes. out. Yes, yes. So it won't be on the uh, local radio, and they're saying that you you can, you can see it through the athletic website and uh, social media, and I don't know if they're they're charging for that or not, and and um, you know. You know, I know they get, you know, they've got to have some kind of connections. So hopefully, you know, they've got all the logistics, even when you're on the road uh, and other folks stadiums worked out where they can get that signal where it needs to go um, and and so forth. So I want to, I want to see how it works and play out. And then, um, you know, they have Mike Thomas and I think Chester doing the. uh, Mike Thomas and Albert Chester. Yeah. We'll be the the play-by-play. No, 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 no. Keith Miles and so Keith so Miles will not be calling the games. voice, the voice of the Rattlers. So uh, you know that's that's different, and uh, and um, so so we'll we'll have to see how this plays out. But uh, 
but a decision has been made and and uh, Peak seems to be a regional type company and deal with small re smaller regional universities from Texas to like to Florida, you know, none of the big boys in, are with them. So, you know, I, I just have to see. I just want to get comfortable so to get familiar with them. So we're not going to be on 96.1 broadcasting the game? No. No, the games will not be aired locally on the radio, on terrestrial radio. The the games will not be airing. At least as of right now, it does not appear yes. they will be airing on terrestrial radio. Anywhere in the state of Florida, to my knowledge. I don't know about that one. I don't know. Because, well, you know, just traditionally. Sure. You know, our people, I know when I, I mean, just coming up as a young man, listening to Chico Renfro on the radio was a big deal. Um, listening to Keith Miles as a young man gave an understanding, even, you know, just being able to listen to him on the radio was huge. Um, so now having, and I like, I love Albert Chester, you know, he's family and, you know, Mike is obviously family as well, but, it just kind of like gives me a little pause. I'm happy that we're the first. I'm happy, blah, blah, blah. But there's a lot of relationship ties that we have with 96.1 mm -hmm. um, that uh, I wonder how they feel about it. You know, it's it, it can't be. It's just a little concerning. I, I know that things are business and... Um, business is big i just don't you know there's not a lot of details in terms of kevin was saying in regards to what the payout is going to be um and what that's going to look like for us how is this beneficial for famu why is this beneficial? why now would you make this move and not include 96.1 at some point with this um so i would like to just hear a little bit more detail about it but Congratulations to FAMU. Obviously, you got to do what you got to do. Um, but I have, a, I have a few questions, kind of like. Mm. Yeah. Well, th th yeah, I'll say one thing that usually deals like this come with some sort of a, what I'm going to call, for lack of a better word, a starter check. There's usually, uh, and, and I'm, I'm saying this based on what I've seen from other deals from companies like Peak, or flow sports, there's usually some sort of starter check, which is given to the university uh, for the rights to this uh, inventory. And this inventory being these different shows and things that they're looking to broadcast. Now, I'm assuming from this point, you know, the, as you said, Kelvin, we don't know. We still don't know all the details. And you, I guess we'll just have to wait and see. Here we are two weeks from the start of the season what kind of advertising runs, you know, who are the sponsors that sign on to be a part of this? Because I do know, and this is part of me saying the relaunch of the Rattler Sports Network, the Rattler Sports Network used to be in a dozen markets across the state of Florida. Yes. And that was the thing we, you know, there are other schools across this state that, you know, they go to radio stations. I mean, let's, I mean, look, just to say it, Florida state, They've got connections where their broadcast will air in different cities across Florida. Same for the University of Florida. Florida A&M used to have, I believe, almost 10 or at least a dozen 
different networks, stations, probably more so Black-owned radio stations or AM stations uh, that would air Rattler football. And so there was always a connection there with those. And obviously you had them in places where alumni bases were were larger. So, I mean, that just made sense. And I guess my only hesitation of moving away from terrestrial radio is people have been saying terrestrial radio was going to die 20 years ago. It's still around. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not going anywhere. Right. So my only thought is, you know, it's great that now you're 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 connecting with a new digital mobile uh, entity and that you're now making your broadcast global. That's great. But I always say, be careful about going global and forgetting about your home base, which is the state of Florida, the city of Tallahassee or the, the Big Bend area. I, I, I would I would be cautious about losing that connection because we, you know, there's still a transition phase for a lot of people when it comes to digital. You know, uh, I mean, everybody over the age of 50 is not as hip to the technology age as maybe we are or the 30 and 20 somethings are. So, you know, that, that's a, that's a big concern. I know I'm hearing, you know, I've heard from a lot of uh, older Rattlers. I say older. I mean, I'm probably talking anybody over the age of 50, but you guys have too. I mean, I'm sure you have. Uh, So that's going to be, that's going to be interesting to see how you connect in, how you plug in. I, I bet that's a bigger issue than, I mean, look, there's a lot of people who like uh, uh, Keith Miles and have enjoyed all of the broadcasts and the coverage at Keith, but, you know, probably where I can listen to the game was always been a sore point for me. And I'm not, I'm in the state, but I'm not in Tallahassee. And so I had trouble even with the previous station finding games from their network, which, and I, and I thought that should have just been improved, which seems like, it should have been simple, but there, there's other things there. So, I mean, that that's going off on another tangent about business operations and marketing and advertising. And I, I don't, we don't have time to go there. But, well, you know, uh, the radio, the radio stations have websites where you can just go to the website and actually like pull up the game or yeah, whatever. But they have to be connected, though. They have to be connected to air those games. And I didn't think that was always the case. Uh, and, and I don't think they always were connected in to do that you know sometimes there's some rights and there's some life uh, not uh, licensing things that that uh you know go on with uh, with those uh with those as well where you know you may have a a licensing issue that you can't broadcast this game outside of the market i, I don't know i know i know other places that happens but you know it's just one of those things that i think Ah, I, I just, uh, well, we, you know, I, I, we just go, we're just going to sit back and, and, and watch on it and, and see what happens. And I, I, I hopefully look, there's a, the, the Willie Simmons coaches show begins Monday, August 30th. And I, and I'm hoping because this press release says that it's coaches and not just football. I'm hoping, you know, coach Gokhan Yilmaz, we see his show. I'm hoping that we see this Shalom pillow show. Uh, Coach uh, McCollum, that he has his show. You know what I'm saying? I'm hoping sure. that if we're yeah. if we're doing coaches' shows, we got to be willing to get all of our coaches in that network and and be able to give them the same weekly love that the football program. And, will give. 
And that's my concern, Brian, because even in the release, I'm I'm looking at it and it caught my attention and I I made it as one of the points I was going to make. It's listed as potential on-air family sports programming. When you talk about fame, officials are currently discussing the inclusion of men's and women's basketball in the winter season broadcast coverage. Uh, They're looking into baseball and softball. That concerns me because, you know, when you sign deals like that, that stuff should be a part of the deal and it it should be firm, in my opinion. And I agree. Those coaches and those student athletes, they work hard. They program deserve some exposure too. Yeah. So, so again, we'll, uh, and and where do, so I guess uh, as best as we could tell, the Willie Simmons live presented by Hyatt House will be on Monday, 7 p.m. at the Hyatt House, Tallahassee Capital uh, University, where uh, I guess fans, if you're in Tallahassee, you can go watch that in person. But uh, the fans, you can watch that show if you go to Florida A&M's Facebook page, or you can listen on the Rattler Sports Network, which I guess you can access through famuathletics.com. So, uh, yeah, famuathletics.com slash Rattlers Sports Network. So uh, good luck to that venture. Good luck. We we hope it we hope it works. Uh, hope it works well. That's that's about all. That's about all we can say right now. <laughs> um, volleyball season. Uh, our our Lady Rattlers start the regular season this upcoming weekend, traveling to Mobile, Alabama, playing the uh, in a weekend tournament. I believe that's going to be hosted by. University of South Alabama, I believe that is where they are located in Mobile, Alabama. And uh, so they start Friday night, August 27th, with a morning game. And then uh, Saturday, they play a pair of games Saturday morning against Charleston Southern University. And then in the afternoon against Jacksonville University. Uh, That is in Mobile. I believe University of South Alabama is the host. I don't have any information as to whether those games will be online, but I would say I'd recommend go to University of South Alabama's website, check out their athletic department website and see if they are hosting that video online coverage of those games. Uh, Do you guys see where the uh, SWAT preseason we talked when we were talking to coach uh, Gokhan we didn't know where the Rattlers were going to be in the SWAC preseason. Did you see where they had us ranked sixth? <laughs> yes, I did. And uh, I, I give no credits to preseason. I mean, like, like Gokhan, Coach Gokhan is playing, you know, they go with, you know, teams that have been a part of the conference, the players that they already know. So, um, you know, uh, family vo- uh, volleyball has been a power in the MEAC for a long time. And we never finish outside of two, generally, uh, in our division. So I, I don't see any difference going into the swag. And I would say that <clears throat> it was a good sign in, in, the, in the Florida State uh, exhibition game, the fact that we actually took a set from them um, early tells me that this team is uh, a, a little bit sooner than usual together um and have some chemistry and rhythm and it obviously can play at a high level to to get it get a set from a program like florida state which is an acc power five type program so i'm really paying attention this weekend 
because I, I see some matches where I, I'm sure we'll be competitive. And if you can come out of there with one or two wins, then I think that bodes well uh, for, from that sixth place prediction. <laughs> Absolutely. Right. Yeah. And we ended up finishing six behind Bethune. So uh, just, you know, it is, it is what it is. But uh, I, I thought it was still a good thing that we finished in the top, uh, top six, um, by the way. So that's, uh, that's one good thing. And uh, I just did a quick little flip over, <clears throat> flip over to South Alabama's website, uh, usajaguars.com. And that contest will appear on ESPN Plus. So Friday, 11 a.m., that game will be on ESPN Plus, FAMU University of South versus University of South Alabama. So let's make sure um, to go support the ladies and uh, in, in their travels this weekend. All right, a couple other news notes, guys. How about the cheerleading squad? Cheerleading, I meant to mention this last week. But we want to make sure we give the ladies their their uh, their props. Uh, the cheer team um, competed in the National Cheer Cheerleading Association Collegiate Camp back on August 9th to the 11th, and um, they earned themselves a bid to nationals. Uh, the highest bid to nationals garnered two additional first place finishes for rally routine and game day segment in the all-girl advanced division. And so the uh, Rattlers, the award-winning Rattlers, received all superior ribbons and spirit stick acknowledgement for showcasing outstanding spirit. And so with the collegiate gold bid, the team qualified for the NCA and NDA Collegiate Cheer and Dance Championship, which will be held April 6th through the 10th next year in Daytona Beach, Florida. So uh, props to the ladies, the cheer, the cheer squad doing their thing. So uh, congratulations to those ladies. Um, you know, you make sure you tell them congratulations when you see them at, uh, at the football games this uh, upcoming weekend, so on and so forth. Um, another note, guys, how about the women's basketball program? Just named a couple of other new assistants well actually named one assistant and then promoted another uh Brittany Scott becomes a new assistant coach under coach Shalom Pillow and she comes to Tallahassee after being the head coach at Northeast High School in Oakland Park Florida for the past three years where's Oakland Park Florida at guys your guess is good as mine. I thought you were talking, I have no idea. I thought you were right. about to stay live over something like that. that natural I Floridians. I thought, I thought you guys would be able to just know that right off the top of your head. Uh, <laughs> well, I finished you said report. what now? It's what? Oakland Park. Oakland Park, Florida. Oakland Park, Florida. Yeah. So uh, Coach Scott, she, uh, she led her team to a runner-up district, and uh, the highest finish is 27. But here's where I think the – the big, uh, the big get for Broward County. It's where Broward County, Broward County. All right. Look, here's, here's where I think you uh, bring in somebody like coach Scott. She's been a head coach and the assistant program director on the AAU circuit with the Miami suns 
which is a Nike EYBL program for the last four years. And so that, that ties you in to, uh, to some top level recruits down in South Florida, but just, uh, you know, you get a coach who has ties with uh, the Nike EYBL circuit, which, you know, don't sleep on the women's circuit. It is pretty good. You know, I know the, the men's circuit gets a lot of the attention, but there are, there are some top level, top level elite women, young ladies uh, playing and, and Nike does a good job of sponsoring uh, with a similar EYBL circuit for the women. So I think that's the draw for bringing in somebody like Coach Scott, somebody who's going to be able to help with the recruiting over the next couple of years, I think, to to help uh, bring in a few players and and maybe uh, even some transfers, some, some ladies who may have played for her or in her program who might be looking to change uh, direction, as you as you might say. And uh, one more news and note from Coach Pillow and the women's program. Russ Jackson, the assistant coach who's been with her uh, since October 20th um, after serving at Daytona State College uh, as the associate head coach where he was for about four years from 2016 to 2020. He's now been promoted to the associate head coach position. So, uh, Coach Pillow, I'm really excited for her. Hopefully, I- I'm so excited that she'll get an actual chance to coach this year. Lord willing. I mean, let's just, you know, stay positive here. But, um, you know, I was really disappointed with how things ended for her uh, last year. And I, I think she's going to do great things with the women's program. We just got to we just got to get the season started. So, you know, <laughs> let's let's keep our fingers crossed and our prayers up that the season starts <laughs> for them. All right, uh, final word, gentlemen, uh, as we get ready to wrap up this show. Uh, Kofi, final final, th- final thoughts, final words? Man, we are one week away from FAMU football. One week away. I'm so excited to see this team in action. I can't wait to see us tear up some Tiger meat. So I'm looking to, uh, <laughs> I'm looking to see us uh, get ready, but... <clears throat> I wonder what's up with the darn color codes. What we wearing down there? Like, where the color codes at? Um, you saw the picture. You saw the picture. Uh, we tweeted it out, but it was really – I don't know if DeAndre Francis was the first person, but it was that picture of the eight different color combinations, including the white helmet making its uh, debut on jerseys. Uh, I still say there was two color com- – I don't know. I, I may have posted – there were two color combinations. They did that, that all there. white. They hid uh-huh. that all white and they hid that all orange. Yes, yes, but those are the two. Right, but it's uh, it's obviously possible. So I'm looking forward to all of them. <laughs> I, I feel like for homecoming, you remember back in the day, homecoming, we did the all. It was like the all orange. You had the the orange helmet, the old orange top, orange bottom. I think the only time that came out was homecoming uh, right. back in the '90s. I, I don't know if I ever saw the all orange in any other fashion. Uh, but I'm looking forward. This is a clean group of uniforms. I like the look. I even like the one with the black cleats. Uh, I think it symbolizes toughness. Toughness. Um, so I'm I'm anxious to see this group, and I want to see how it all comes together. I'm so excited. All right, and you know what? I'm excited about Kofi that uh, that that top five next week. Uh, top five uh, band uh, stand bands. And uh, top five tuba sections 
uh, in the swag next week. That's what I, that's what I'm really. Well, I'm gonna break all that down, man. Just five, yeah, the five top bands. You got uh, dance team. You got auxiliary. You got drills. You got a whole bunch of stuff, man. So I'm gonna try and, uh, yeah, it's it's gonna be good. I'm looking we forward just, to it. We just might need to do a special segment, Kelvin. We just gonna Absolutely. have to do a special recording and just get it on <laughs> get it on tape. Yeah, you know, so that way it's there, and then maybe we can add in some uh some some live uh some live video. I don't know, that sounds like a lot of production work for somebody. So I got to be careful about what I about what I say here. Um, but yeah, that that's what I'm looking for. All right, uh, Kelvin, any final third? Uh, you can't can't get that out. Any final words and thoughts? Don't forget, we have HBC, HBCU football this weekend. We to at challenge. Thank you. Thank you. I, I am predicting. Uh, I'm going to get my prediction on this one. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Alcorn State and against North Carolina, North Carolina Central. Yep. I think it's at 7 o'clock on ESPN. Yes, sir. So I, I'm predicting uh, Alcorn State to win by 15, but I think they'll pull away late. I think Central's going to play them tough early. Um, I think it'll be close at the half, but I, I think at the end of the day, Alcorn talent and, and, and their experience in winning those type games will, will give them the cushion and the swag will get a win in the MIAT swag challenge. You want to make any predictions there, Kofi, with that MIAC swag challenge? Well, my mom went to all courts. If I picked any other school, she'd be highly upset. Now, I will say my dad went to NCC. Um, wow. My dad went to NCC. My mom went to Alcorn. And um, house divided. I mean, Alcorn, huh? House divided this weekend. Yeah, uh, Alcorn, Alcorn's going to win this game. Um, I would be shocked. Now, NCC is better than probably a whole lot of people. I haven't heard a lot of people talk about, and people have been talking about the demise of the MIAC, but the MIAC is going to be extremely tough. I'll go on to say, um, you know, obviously, Flomo and Edward Waters play this week, too. So, ugh, I'm gonna say Flomo. I'm gonna no, go with Flo. No, no, Edward Waters. I'm going with Edward Waters on that one. It's, yeah, it's I, in I, Jacksonville, right? It, it is, is in Jacksonville. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In new stadium. Uh, you know, Edward Waters used to play in um tougher competition. Frankly, they played a lot of uh, uh, Division One HBCUs and so forth, and um. I, I like the talent and the coaching that, that potential for for, for flow mode, but man, they, they just ain't been looking too good. <laughs> they ain't I, there I, yet. I, yeah, I'm gonna go. I think I'm gonna go Edward Waters by a score of maybe like 27 to 21. Uh, I, I think they'll come through fourth fourth quarter. You know, I, I think it'll be. Uh, fairly even team uh even game and then maybe fourth quarter maybe you'll kind of see a couple of drives lead to field goals or maybe just a good touchdown drive when they're down um that'll pull edward waters edward waters university uh to a victory uh also i'm gonna say 38 21 Alcorn by a two touchdown plus over north carolina central and then the other week zero matchup is a Kentucky State Central State uh, SIC. They're playing in the Horseshoe in Columbus, Ohio. Kentucky um, State. Yeah, I'm going Kentucky State in that one, probably by a score of like uh, <clears throat> like 17 to three. I, defensively, I expect 
Kentucky State to to shut down Central. Um, obviously, those two programs haven't played since 2019. So, I mean, it's all we're all throwing darts at the wall at this point. We're trying to see and, until we see people play. It's all speculation at this point. So we do have some HBCU football coming up this weekend. And uh, so we want to encourage you to uh, to watch, consume, and just realize there are no more Saturdays without college football. So your your weekends are now fulfilled, and we are excited. Yes, exactly. See the enthusiasm. Uh, we count now less than two weeks to the Orange Blossom Classic, FAMU, Jackson State. Um, make sure to stay safe and mask up, people. Uh, this Delta variant uh, is is this wrecking havoc with high schools and schools so that means it's affecting young people and if it can affect young people that means it can get to uh adults as well so everybody needs to stay safe a lot of stadiums are going to be open uh you're going to have to be cautious if you're if you're nervous you may have to stay home but uh let's let's look out for one another and let's continue to uh be ready to be our best whenever we can uh, that's going to do it for this show. Again, follow, like, and subscribe everywhere you see ONG Strike Zone. And then uh, email your comments to ONG Strike Zone at gmail.com. So that's going to do it for this episode. want to thank you for watching, listening. For Kofi Hemingway, Kelvin Rozier, I'm Brian Fulford. Hey, family, be safe and strike again.